Welcome to the One Crossing Podcast. Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, hello, Crossing Church. How are you doing today? We are so thankful to be joining with you and you joining with us. And even though we're socially distanced and even though we're still sheltering in place, that doesn't stop God. That doesn't stop the Holy Spirit one bit. So we can have fellowship with one another, not in our normal dozen or so locations, but in thousands of locations all across the country and even the world. Isn't that exciting to know that that message goes out and it's getting into homes and it's getting into families and just so, so thankful for each one of you. I'm, I'm thankful that you've been so faithful in your giving uh, over this uh, time of the pandemic and even before that. And we're celebrating today. We're celebrating the culmination of two years doing something we've been calling Wreck the Roof. And it actually began about eight months before two years ago. So it's actually like almost three years And it was based on Mark chapter two and a story that we read in there uh, about Jesus teaching in a home and uh, so many people are following and listening to him that he's just crushed inside this house and people all around the outside of the house. And these four friends bring a paralytic, their friend, to be seen by Jesus. And seeing that they can't get in the house or even get near Jesus, they figure out a way of overcoming that obstacle. They go up onto the roof of the house, literally dig a hole into the roof of the house to lower this paralytic down so that he can get some quality time with Jesus. And and it's just an incredible, incredible story. What I see is that these friends are sold out and it connects to uh, many of our core values. When I was reading that story and I was thinking about what we wanted to do as a church this initiative we wanted to take, that that story just spoke to me because like those four guys, we'll do whatever it takes to reach people who are far from God. These guys were far from Jesus and they were sold out to get their friend in front of Jesus. And like them, we'll gladly give up things we love to reach a future generation that we love even more. <coughs> I think these guys would have loved to have some time to just see Jesus and experience that for themselves. But instead of that, they were more concerned about getting their friend in front of Jesus. And I think it was important what they were willing to give up. And that's what we're willing to do, to give up, to reach that future generation that needs to know Jesus. And like them, we, uh, we'll do fresh things in fresh ways to reach people that nobody else is reaching. I mean, just look at what we're doing with technology right now. That's so fresh for so many churches, but we're doing that to reach people that no one else is reaching. And they were definitely doing something fresh, weren't they? Because here they get up on this roof and they dig a hole through it. That's a fresh approach to get close to Jesus. And if, if that isn't a fresh approach, I don't know what it is. And like them, we'll take big faith-filled risks because we don't want to ever insult God with small thinking or safe living. They were risking a lot. I mean, they didn't own that house. Somebody else did. Uh, They were doing a really radical thing uh, and taking a a big risk to get their friend in front of Jesus. And I think we need to be willing to take big risks too in order to introduce people to Jesus Christ. 
And like them, we realize that we can accomplish so much more together than if we are apart. It took these four guys working together to make that hole in the roof, to let their friend, that paralytic down, so that he could have that opportunity to be before Jesus. Now we knew that there would be costs and there would be fears when we were confronted with the idea of a commitment. I mean, we could fail, bad things could happen. What, what will I need to give up? What would that say about my commitment or my walk of faith when it comes to my relationship with God? You know, those kinds of fears and those kinds of anxieties can hit us. But we have to look out. We have to have eyes of faith because like that paralytic in the story in Mark chapter two, so many people around us, they live their lives on mats. It says that this man was on a, on a mat. He was laying on a mat. And I think people around us are on mats, different kinds of mats, some of their own doing, some the circumstances of life. But there's a paralysis that so many people have in this world around us. They may be paralyzed in their marriage. They, they may be paralyzed in their family or paralyzed in in their job or in their social relationships, so many different ways that people are immobilized. And so like that paralytic in the story, they're on a mat. And then they live day after day after day in the same repetitive cycle without the answers that they so desperately need. And only the gospel has the ability to give those answers to them. Now we knew that without making some sort of a concerted effort as a group of believers, a family of believers to change that status quo, people were gonna stay on those mats. There wouldn't be any change in their life. Well, our talking and our planning turned into action and the Wreck the Roof initiative just did incredible things for the kingdom of God among our people. And you know what I want to do? I want to show you what that actually looked like. So I want you to watch this video now. We are about to embark on the Holy Spirit's work in us so that he might do something through us. Our vision at The Crossing is to help people find an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That passion has driven this church for over 20 years. We've seen that desire displayed in thousands of baptisms spread out over 10,000 square miles. We've witnessed it in countless wind stories of recoveries from addiction, healed marriages, restored relationships, and hands outstretched to help in Jesus' name. There are thousands of people all around us who need to hear the good news about Jesus Christ. I'm just, I'm, Already, we're, we're seeing what he's doing. We've seen what he's done. We're seeing what he's doing. I can't wait to see what he's going to do. I know it's huge. In the summer of 2017, our pastors and elders started praying about where God would take our church in the next season of ministry. We spoke with difference makers and leaders at all of our locations about what they saw God doing in our midst. And we all prayed together about how God could multiply that influence in the coming years. Through this time of prayer and consideration, we identified areas in our church where we felt led to trust God more radically than ever before. 
we saw a need to break down barriers that restricted the reach of our ministry. It was time for God to wreck what we were doing so He could build something better and stronger. We called this initiative Wreck the Roof based on Mark chapter two. Early in 2018, we shared the vision of Wreck the Roof through vision nights at all of our locations, through a powerful night of worship at Advanced Commitment Night, and through a six-week sermon series where God challenged us to trust Him in bold ways. We went to Advanced Commitment Night and we had already had our card all filled out, but during that night, something just worked us over. And we thought for the first time, well, how can we let any circumstance or any excuse keep us from believing that God is gonna do something great through Wreck the Roof? Our core values drive us to take big, faith-filled risks and never insult God with small thinking and safe living. So even when the goals we identified as part of the Wreck the Roof initiative felt ambitious, we knew we could trust God to make himself known through them. You always hear those stories about, oh, God will provide, God will, and it's, it's okay, that's great for them, but then when you actually see it firsthand, you're like, oh, that's what they meant. Yeah, God does provide. Yeah. So if you're going through a rough time, you know, just stick with it and trust in God, and your story will be the one that God will provide for you. We wanted every single person who calls the crossing home to go on this journey together because we knew God was going to do something big. This weekend, we are celebrating because we have seen so many roofs wrecked over the last two years. 3,985 of you wrecked your roof when you trusted God with your finances and gave generously. 585 of you wrecked your roof when you served in Monmouth or Jacksonville during their launches. Over 200 of you wrecked your roof by leading a small group at Crossing Camp. 1,545 of you wrecked your roof when you made the decision to get baptized and submit your life to Christ for the first time. Because of your generosity, we launched churches in Monmouth and Jacksonville. These communities have a combined population of over 30,000. Since opening, these campuses have baptized 227 people, and that number continues to grow and there are so many barriers that have been broken down and that's all we're doing is removing barriers that's what wreck the roof is all about it's about taking those barriers down that keep us from being able to get people to jesus because that's where the difference is made that's where lives are changed throughout the wreck the roof season we train future pastors and leaders through the develop program our developed staff received hands-on experience and some have already transitioned into pastoral and leadership roles at the church. We are honored to work alongside these young leaders and excited to see what God does in the future of their ministry. Your commitment in Wreck the Roof also gives us the chance to disciple over 1,000 kids and students every summer at camp. We have future plans to utilize this space for men's and women's events, marriage retreats, and as a ministry resource for other churches. We are also advancing the ministry at all of our existing locations to reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Throughout this season, we've made necessary updates and changes to our spaces that allow us to better connect with people in our present communities. We praise God for what He has done in the lives of all of you and in the life of our church through Wreck the Roof. Thank you for going on this journey. You know, our goals were lofty, 
And much of what we aspired to do two years ago, we didn't reach those things, but boy, did we reach so much and we reached so many and we did it in incredible, incredible ways. <coughs> Millions of dollars, literally, were raised over our regular giving and it was put to work for the kingdom of God immediately. I am so incredibly proud of all of you, all of you that committed to be part of the Wreck the Roof initiative. And so here we are now at the culmination of that initiative. But listen, just because we hit a date on the calendar, a date that was planned over two years ago, it doesn't mean that you can't keep working on the commitment you made. I know that for some of you, that's been hard. And with what we're dealing with as a nation right now, it may have uh, put a kink in that as well for you. So even though our last letter is gonna be going out as a reminder letter, I want you to remember that this was a conversation that you had with God. You remember you put that card uh, in a place where you could see it. And we ask you to pray over that. And that became a conversation between you and God, what you were gonna put down on that card. And so I know, and you know that God is a faithful God and he'll, rem re he'll continue to be faithful. So I want you to keep going, keep going in that commitment. Keep living that wrecked life, a life that's been so radically changed. So it makes not only a difference in you, it makes a difference through you to the people that are all around you. Now, speaking of wrecked, <clears throat> that would be a great word to describe what our world looks like right now. And you know, it's not an American thing, it's a whole world thing. 184 nations have been rocked by this uh, pandemic. And what has it caused in the economies of all these countries? What's it caused in our economy? I know that there'll be another update that'll be coming out later, but 22 million Americans out of work in just a few weeks. I mean, this is rocking us. It, the deaths that have piled up. And uh, I think that the idea of being wrecked really connects to what we're experiencing in this moment right now. Some of you may have a little bit of a rocked faith because of that. Like, why? Why did God allow this to happen? Why didn't he prevent that? Why doesn't he prevent all the, what we would define as bad things happening to us? And I think we can say that God did not do that. God did not prevent the pandemic from coming, not just to our nation, but to our world. But in spite of the fact that he did not prevent that, he has certainly been providing for his people and he has been doing it in absolutely dramatic, dramatic ways. I think about years ago when we decided to commit to uh, being the best we could be in online technology. And I remember the conversations 
that I had back then when we were pushing this initiative of being online, having this online platform where people could watch us uh, in other parts of the country and participate with us, basically go to church. If we had people uh, on vacation, if we had people in the hospital, if we had people that were shut in, that they could participate with us going online. And some people would say, and I can still remember this saying, you know, well, that's not really church. I mean, going church online is not really church. I wonder who would say that now. And you know what I see? I see that God gave us a lead. He gave us a lead with this online technology. While other churches were questioning its value or its need, we went all in. And so when this thing hit, we were ready for that. We were ready to go right at it because our, on technolo our online technology was already created, is already built out. And since we already had a great online platform, you know what we did? We created two more platforms. So we didn't just have online. We also had Facebook Live. We also had our app going. We had it on YouTube. We had it on all these different platforms. And we had the time to do that because our primary platform was not only built out, we were very, very used to, to running that. I, I see God's hand in that, providing for us when we didn't even know that that provision would be needed. And you know what? We were able to then help other churches to develop these technologies so that they can keep their churches connected during this time when we are sheltering in place and social distancing. I praise God for that. I praise God that he provided for our needs in the midst of that. I think about the commitment we made a long time ago to online giving. I know a lot of churches were all about, let's pass the plate and that's all we need to do. Let's take cash and let's take checks. But we were committed to something more than that. Let's start to develop our congregation to have this attitude of giving online. And you know, that was already smoothly in place before this pandemic ever hit, before anybody ever heard of COVID-19 or coronavirus. And you know what's come through that? I have seen the, our incredible people continue their giving all through this and supply the needs for this church so that we haven't had to be afraid whether or not we were going to be able to go another week or another week or another week because you continued to be faithful in your giving. And you know what? That's God providing again. I want to bless you for standing strong in your commitment. And you know, uh, with all the stuff that's happening with the government right now, part of that was the Paycheck Protection Program. And so we were able, since that was open to churches, we were able to do that as well. And since we were ready for that, uh, we were, uh, we, we've already received that. That's already in the bank. So God provided once again. I guess what I'm saying is that in the midst of difficulty, God was still providing. God was still being faithful. God was still doing so much more. If you go back in the Old Testament and you recall the story uh, after the Exodus when the children of Israel were supposed to be able to go in the promised land and they were afraid. And so God said they were going to have to wander in that wilderness for 40 years. That I'm sure was harsh and it was I'm sure viewed as harsh. And yet 
through that whole 40 years, do you know what God did? He provided for those people in the desert. Can you imagine two people talking about that uh, when that was going on? Somebody looks out and they see this kind of a cloud or kind of a dust storm out there and asks his buddy, hey, what is that out there? And the guy goes, you'll never believe it. It's the children of Israel. There's 2 million of them out there. 2 million, really? Yeah, there's 2 million of them out there. 2 million people living out in the desert? How in the world do they eat? Oh, you'll never believe it. I'm going to tell you, but you'll never believe it. Well, God literally makes it rain bread. No, come on. No, really. He makes it rain bread. And these people go out and they collect the bread and they have all they need to survive. You expect me to believe that? Yeah, I do. Well, what about water? You're not going to believe it. They got a leader there and he hits a rock with his staff and water literally comes out of a rock. And it's not only enough water for 2 million people, but all of their flocks and herds as well. Are you kidding? Well, it's hot out there in the desert. How do they keep from just frying out there? Well, you're not going to believe it. But God's out there and he's a cloud over them. He gives them shade in the daytime. Yeah, but it gets cold out there at night. And you know what God does? He's a pillar of fire at night to keep them warm. Well, here's what I'm trying to say is even though there was this terrible thing happening in 40 years of wandering in the desert, God still provided for his people. And God is providing for his people right now. He's providing for us right now. And he's doing a lot of that through you. And when God provides for his people, then the people get to provide for the needs of others. And this is one of the coolest pivots that I've seen a church ever do. So, so much of our ministry was internally focused. But when we couldn't use our buildings anymore, all we did was turn all that ministry to become externally focused. And we've captured so many opportunities to engage our community, to show them, to demonstrate before them the love of Jesus. Whether it was packing meals and tens of thousands of meals have been packed. As a matter of fact, in the city of Quincy, they said, you don't need to show up anymore. We've got to take it care of now. But tens of thousands of meals at all of our locations, we've delivered those meals. We've been making masks for people. We've been making jump ropes uh, for our mission partners. We've been sending help to caregivers. We've been doing drive up food pantries and we've delivered tons of food to people that, drive, that have driven up to our locations needing food. We have organized blood drives. We've uh, done computer and tablet giveaways for parents who've been forced into a homeschooling mode because all of our public schools are closed down. We've got people in Bible studies that were never in Bible studies before. We've developed small group communities online. And you know what? This is amazing to me. In the weeks that uh, since uh, March the 20th, 16th and 20th, so we're talking just about a month. In that month that we haven't had church services and our buildings have been closed to the public, we still had 44 baptisms. God didn't slow down a bit. Just because our locations have been closed doesn't mean that God has been closed. He's been getting it done and he's been getting it done in us and he's been getting it done through us. But all of that being said, 
with all of these adjustments and all this provision by God, you know what we really need? We really need a cure, don't we? Now you might be thinking I'm talking about a a vaccine for coronavirus. You might be thinking that I'm referring to some antiviral, some medicine that you can take and it'll take away the worry or the fear of what this disease might be able to do. You know, that would be awesome. And I, like you, am praying for that. But you know what I'm really talking about? I'm talking about a different kind of cure. I'm talking about a cure that no matter what virus may come, no matter what world situation may come into our space, that through that we would see God's glory. Through that we would have all that we would need to move forward. That cure is the word of God. And you know what we're going to do as a church family? We're going to go for that cure. Now, what does that cure look like? Well, we are going to start an initiative. Now, that word is a familiar word to us, right? Because we've been doing an initiative now for two years. Wreck the Roof was an initiative. And we had goals that we set. And we had uh, different sorts of tools that we had to help you in that process of taking that journey. Well, what, we ha- what we're going to do now is have another initiative. But it's not going to be an initiative about money. It's going to be an initiative about getting God's word inside of us so that we either read or listen to the New Testament together for the next 27 weeks. I wonder how many of you have said, you know what, this year I'm going to read the Bible. This year I'm going to get all the way through the New Testament. Well, this is the time. This is the time because our number one goal in this initiative is to have 100% participation. It's not going to be in giving, but it's going to be in reading and listening and understanding the word of God. Bible says that, that God's word never comes back void. When you allow God's word in your heart, it's going to do amazing things in your life. Now, we have got a web page and it's on our website thecrossing.net. And what you need to do is thecrossing.net backslash the cure. Thecrossing.net backslash the cure. And this is what's going to be on there. There's a reading plan. This is also on our app, okay? But there'll be a reading plan. And some weeks we'll be reading bigger chunks. Some weeks we'll be reading some smaller chunks. And there's going to be a lot of stuff on this, uh, on our website Uh, with some great resources for you to take advantage of. So we want you in the word of God, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, single. We want you in God's word and we want God's word to get inside of you. Here's another thing we want. We want you to be able to get that inside of your children. Now, I know you've heard stories. We've been up here talking about, I remember telling you about how my mother used to read me Bible stories before I went to bed. We've got a tool on there called Superbook. It was the thing that I used for my kids when they were growing up because it animates and it develops this whole idea of getting God's word into children. It's called Superbook and that tool is uh on there for you to use with your kids because your kids need to hear the word of God as well. 
So, I mean, this is something that you can uh, get on an app on your phone and you can plug it into your car and you can listen to it. I mean, think about it. If you're driving from Quincy to Kirksville and back, that's three hours of drive time. That's the whole book of Matthew and a half an hour left over. So you can listen to the word of God. You can read the word of God. We just want you to get the word of God in you. So while we're working through this difficult challenge that's called coronavirus, what we want to do is have something to show for it when we're done. Something to show for it spiritually when we're done. So we're going to do that by getting into God's word, okay? So let me just give you a few scriptures that this is based on. The Apostle Paul wrote Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And he said this, all scripture is God breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What do I mean by that? I mean that if you take on this initiative and you make it your own, it is gonna be very profitable for you. That's what that scripture says. It's gonna profit you in all of these ways. In Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, it says this, for the word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You know what it's gonna do? You get God's word in you and it's gonna change you and make you better. It's gonna be profitable for you. It's gonna be something that changes you and makes you better. Look at Matthew 7, 24. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, that's God's word, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Listen, in a time like this, and it's a shaky time in the world, you need to have a firm place to stand. And God's word is that firm place to stand. It is gonna profit you. It is gonna change you. It's gonna give you a firm place to stand. One more, John 7, 38. It says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Think about that. Streams of living water will flow from within him. You're not only gonna receive the cure, you're gonna become a carrier of that cure. And everybody around you is gonna receive the benefit of what God has done inside of you. Listen, this is gonna be an exciting time. It's gonna be an exciting time for our country. After what we've been through, through these last days and weeks, we're gonna start to see our country open up again. It's gonna happen little by little. We're gonna see therapies uh, that minimize the effect of this virus. We might even see a vaccine go into use. And you know what? All that is gonna be such a blessing and we're gonna give God glory and praise for that. But you know what we're also gonna experience? We're gonna experience the incredible blessing of being able to worship together again, to be in one another's proximity, to be able to greet one another 
again. See one another again. Lift up worship and praise together again. Pray together again. Receive the word of God together and again. That's all going to start happening during this series. And we already have, listen, we already have a safe implementation plan for that that's ready to go as soon as we get the green light from the government. But if we can commit ourselves to be the people of God's word, people of the book, if we can commit ourselves to that, a greater change than any of those other things in the world will be accomplished. Because when God's word gets into our hearts, it is gonna change the essence of who we are. So listen to me, let's read it, let's pray it, Let's live it and let's share it. Now we're moving to a time of decision. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.